Welcome to the Radically Christian Bible Study Podcast. I'm Travis Pauley, and here we have one goal, learn to love like Jesus. This episode is the third part of a series of discussions on kingdom parables. I hope you enjoy the study. All right, Wes, we're back. Yeah. Third episode in the Bible Study Podcast return. Yeah. Talking about kingdom parables. That's right. Yeah, we've covered several of them already, and going to cover some more. What? Which ones are we going to hit today? I think we're going to look at the, the, these two are kind of grouped together, the mustard seed and the leaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mustard and so seed. we kind of talked last time about, I think it was last time we were just discussing, <laughs> trying to review, what, what did we talk about a week ago? Um, mm-hmm. But we talked about David's kingdom mm-hmm. and Saul's kingdom and how they overlapped for a time and how David was the anointed king, but so was Saul. And so uh, David patiently waited for Saul's kingdom to come to an end. Yeah. And that's sort of th- the way that we're living right now. We're living in an era where Jesus is king, mm-hmm. but the kingdoms of men continue to exist. And, you know, Paul says in Romans 13 that these kingdoms are anointed by God. You know, these these rulers that, that live in the world and exist, uh, they, they are anointed by God to do a certain task and a certain role. And so we don't fight against them, but we patiently wait yeah. for the kingdoms of the world and the cosmic rulers that are behind the scenes, like sin and death and Satan, yeah. for them to be brought down and judged. And we're waiting for that day when the kingdom of God will become what the prophets have said that it will be. And so that's that tension that um, that theologians have talked about in terms of already and not yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way to understand the kingdom, and I think that's what all of these parables uh, lay out for us, is that the kingdom is already, but the kingdom is not yet. And so mm-hmm. the question is, like, are we waiting for the kingdom? Yes. <laughs> and are we in the kingdom right now? Yes. Yeah. And 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 the the epistles, you know, the apostles in, in their letters and the epistles talk about... Um, the kingdom in that kind of way, as it's something that we will inherit, mm-hmm. but yet it's also something in which we've been transferred, into which we've been transferred, and in which we're living now. And so it's already, and it's not yet. And salvation is the same way, that Paul will even talk about salvation in those terms, that, right. that have we been saved? Yes. Are we saved? Yes. Will we be saved? Yes. It's past, it's present, and it's future. And so there's a a past, present, and future sense to the kingdom as well. And I think that's exactly what I want to talk about today, is the idea of um, the kingdom of heaven. I'm afraid that when we read that phrase, and you and I have talked a lot about new heavens and new earth, and about the redemption of creation, and how heaven, the the way that Scripture speaks about it, Paul, Ephesians chapter one and verse ten, uh, especially, but but passages like Revelation twenty twenty one, that the the mission of Jesus is to unite all things in heaven and mm-hmm. on earth is the bringing heaven and earth together rather than escaping from earth and going to heaven. And so I'm afraid that when we read 
chapters like Matthew 13, which we've been talking about, mm-hmm. I'm afraid that when we read Kingdom of Heaven, we think a place we're going to go. Right. And, and so I, I think that we tend to read these parables with the idea that that heaven is a or the kingdom of heaven is a place we're going to go and that's not at all what paul is saying the kingdom of heaven isn't a place that jesus is going to take us to it's a reality that jesus is bringing right and and i think that that word reality to me is really helpful i mm-hmm. like the word reality i think that when i read jesus talking about truth that's the word i like to use as a synonym is reality mm-hmm. when jesus talks about the truth and how you know the the kingdom and John the Gospel of John really you know uses that word truth a lot, and that's what he's talking about is this this other reality, this reality that is real, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the truth that the world would proclaim, which is not. It's a facade. It's mm-hmm. not reality. What Jesus is bringing is reality. The kingdom of God is reality, but. But it's a reality that isn't evident. Mm-hmm. That's what's interesting about the kingdom of God is that it's not an evident reality. It's almost a hidden reality. It's a reality that you have to be looking for, that you have to be ready for. And mm-hmm. that's what we talked about with the parable of the soils, and that some right. people aren't able to receive the word of the kingdom because, not because there's a problem with the seed, but there's a problem with their heart. There's a problem with their listening, with their with their hearing the word. So in Matthew 13 and verse 31, it says this, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. So I think two things there that I want to point out, and and one is back to what we were saying a minute ago, that the kingdom of heaven isn't a place to which Jesus is going to take his disciples. He's describing the kingdom of heaven as something that's being planted Mm. or something that's being hidden. So in the first parable here, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that's being planted. It's like a mustard seed that's being planted. Or the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that's being hidden. And I love that word. We'll talk about that in a second. That's being hidden in the dough, Mm. and then it works its way through. So that's, that's something that we have to realize is that the kingdom of heaven is something that Jesus is planting. It's something that Jesus is establishing. It's something that Jesus is sowing. It's something that Jesus is hiding in the world. And and it is. It's hidden. And and here the emphasis is on the smallness. Is that the right way to say it? The smallness (laughs) of, of the kingdom. That the kingdom of heaven is something small, which of course confounds their expectations because that's right. that's not how you think of a kingdom. Like when a kingdom comes, it comes in power and might and strength. It comes with an army. It comes with a leader. It comes with you know power and majesty and 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 death and destruction. So many yeah. times, but Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is going to come like a sower planting one tiny mustard seed, and he says it's the tiniest of all seeds. But then. 
that's not the only truth about the kingdom that Jesus is revealing with these two parables. It isn't just that it's small, and it isn't just that it's hidden. It's that it grows, and it grows disproportionately large. And I think that's the emphasis here is that he says this tiny seed becomes a big, bigger than the garden plants. And then he even says, and I think we have to recognize that sometimes Jesus exaggerates the reality of the story in order to illustrate the reality of the kingdom. So the mustard seed doesn't, I mean, it becomes a big plant. I mean, there's some pretty big mustard plants, but to describe it as a large tree uh, that's kind of an exaggeration. It doesn't really become this huge tree which tons of birds can come and nest in its branches, but he wants you to see that that, that may not be true of the average mustard seed, but it is true of the kingdom. Right. It's like this tiny mustard seed that becomes not only disproportionately large compared to the size of the seed, but disproportionately large compared to anything. Mm. That it's this tiny, tiny, tiny little seed that you look at and you say, that's insignificant. That won't change anything. That can't, that can't be what God has been preparing us for. That can't be what God is bringing. That can't be the new reality. It's tiny. And Jesus says, yes, but it will grow disproportionately large. Mm. And then it becomes this huge thing. And you think, how in the world could this huge thing come from that tiny, tiny little seed? And he says, all of the birds come and nest in its branches. So I I think another mistake we tend to make is talking about the kingdom, not just as the kingdom of heaven as someplace we're going to go, but we also sort of switch it out with the church. Mm. And we say, well, the, right. the kingdom is the church. And I've heard that, you know, all my life. And I think that there's definitely a lot of relation between kingdom and church. Um, but but there, that's a little bit different. The kingdom of heaven is, is heaven's, and really God's, rule and reign. God ruling and reigning. And that God is going to, his rule and reign is going to be established or planted as a tiny seed. And then his rule and reign is going to grow disproportionately large compared to how it began. Right. And, and, and then he says the birds of the air are going to come and nest in its branches. And I think that's where the church comes in. I think the church is the birds of the air. We are the people of God, are the birds of all the nations. Like these are the people that are coming and making their home in the branches of God's rule and reign. And that God's rule and reign, Isaiah 11 talks about the kingdom as if the, the knowledge and the glory of God will so fill the earth. He says it will, that, that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth the way that the waters cover the seas. And it doesn't say the waters cover the earth, because obviously the waters don't cover the earth, but the waters cover the seas. How much so? Completely. Right. And that's the idea of the kingdom, that the kingdom will be so large that there will be room in the kingdom for the birds of all of the nations to come and make their home in in its branches. So, I mean, there's so much truth packed into this one tiny little parable. And again, that's that's the way the parables work, and that's what he's describing, is that it's going to start so small that he's bringing a new reality of God's rule and reign that's going to begin very small, but will grow very large. And, you know, we, we talk about like we talked about the idea of the prophets saying, you know, God's kingdom is coming. And when God's kingdom comes, then all of the rulers of the world will be brought to an end and God's rule and reign will last forever. And then Jesus saying, okay, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
And then everybody's anticipation is growing big. And he says, it's going to come in this generation. And they're like, yes, it's going to come in this generation. And he says, it's going to come with power. And they say, yes, it's going to come with power. And then he dies. Yeah. And then he's buried. And then he's raised. But then he ascends. And then the church is like wondering what's going to happen. And then Pentecost happens. And the Holy Spirit comes. But even all of that, I mean, it happens in in and around Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, a fairly relatively insignificant place on the world scene. And then you think, but what really changed, right? I mean, like what really changed after, after the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and the day of Pentecost, and then even like, you know, a few decades later, Jerusalem falls. And then like we, I mean, here we are in 2020, you know, I mean, there's still sin and death and destruction and, chaos and bleh, you know yeah. there's still all this stuff like what has changed i think that that's exactly what he's saying is that that it's going to be planted small but from when jesus came forth from the tomb new creation came with him mm. the kingdom came with him and this new reality is is spreading out into the world and our job is not just to wait around for everything to be made right. Our <clears throat> job is to embrace this reality that is here right now and to live in the right now right. with the mentality and expectation of what will be. Yeah. You know, as you're saying that, I, I think about, you know, the days of the early church and how they're they're looking for, they're looking for, you know, okay, he's coming back. He's going to come back in my lifetime. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he, he's okay. He's going to be gone for a little while. We don't know what that's about, but he said he's coming back Yeah, and they're expecting him around the corner. And we even read, you know, the letters that Paul and Peter wrote. And it's, you know, it sounds even like they have some, there, there, there's a sense of urgency with which they talk about yeah, the yeah. second coming. Yeah. And in some ways I think like living now, 2000 years after that, where we have, we have this, you know, just because time has passed and we're, you know, we're Christians in this new, in this modern era, we, we have an idea of, well, God doesn't, you know, like Peter said, God's soon yeah. is going to be different than our soon. Yeah. A day um, is a thousand years. But in a way, I think it, I, I appreciate the fact that it, 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 it's a different kind of faith that we have, that we have to have than I think in some ways I, I don't envy them. Yeah. Maybe those that even saw Jesus that got to hear him speak you know, preach and, and then our Christians in the early church and they're expecting him to come back. Yeah. And as things got harder and harder for the early church, they're thinking, when, when's he coming? You know, yeah. when, when's that kingdom coming? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I, I, I think about when, you know, we, we look at these parables about it's, it's small, it's, 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 it's not going to be obvious until it's, until it's too late kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not going to be obvious until God has truly taken you know, his, his kingdom is, has come in full. Um, and I, and I think about like, you know, we, we've talked about it before when he tells the parable of the rich man and Lazarus mm-hmm. and his, the point he makes about, you know, Abraham saying to the rich man who's, who's, who's suffering, no, I'm not going to send back your, you know, I'm not going to send Lazarus back to tell your brothers to get their act together because if they had the law, they had the law and the prophets. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the comparison I'm drawing is, I think, you know, we we we, we want to see the big. I think even today we have a, yeah. a mindset that we want to see the kingdom like a kingdom. Yeah. We want to see, and we're and we're dying for the day that God comes in and we and we we, we are truly under His reign. Yeah. 
without sin and death yeah. in the picture at yeah. all, without yeah. the earthly rulers that we struggle yeah. against at all. Yeah. But I think there, I think, you know, in the, in there is, as we're talking about that, there's a lesson there that, you know, we, we want to see that, but the, the, the power of the kingdom and how it affects each of us individually, I think definitely lies in, can you do the small thing? Can you do the small things that usher in the kingdom? Yeah. Can you yeah. be a kingdom person by having faith like a mustard seed, as yeah. he talks about yeah. elsewhere? Yeah. Can you, you know, Jesus is, you know, a point that's made over and over in scripture is he's not always asking you to do some great thing mm-hmm. and he's not always going to show you some great thing. Yeah. But, you know, when we look at, you know, evil is big. Evil is yeah. bombastic. Evil yeah. is in our face. And yeah. it's like sometimes I think the kingdom is much more subtle than that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good word, subtle. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's what he's calling out. Yeah. In us, in these, you know, in these parables about it's small. Yeah. It's, it's, it starts small and it spreads. Yeah. It, I love that. I love that. And I think that's exactly right. And, and we do, there is that tension. And I think that tension, that paradox mm. is really good to live with, to live in that tension of anticipating and waiting, but also embracing the reality that exists now. Right. Because you think about, you mentioned the early church and, and they did, they lived with this anticipation of the return of Jesus. But they also, from day one, in in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, it says there was not a needy person among them. Mm. They eliminated poverty within the church. Yeah. I mean, think about that. They eliminated poverty within the church. And as the church spread from Jerusalem out to Samaria and Judea and or Galilee and, and, and to, throughout the, the known world, even all the way to Rome and, and beyond, as as the gospel spread and as the church spread, they continued. Paul, I mean, so much of his ministry was encouraging churches in Asia and in, in Greece to support the Christians back in Jerusalem and to yeah. take care of one another. The goal was to eliminate poverty within the church because they found the kingdom. And this goes back to, well, we'll talk about this in, in the next one, but but this idea that the kingdom is here right now, so right. we're going to live like that now, but also anticipate when the struggle is gone, when the when the pain is gone, when the curse is gone. We're going to embrace it now. And you're right, you're so right that it's these little things. How do we live as kingdom people? Well, yeah. we're filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We make sacrifices for one another. We take care of one another. We come into, and this is why there is such parallel and overlap between the kingdom and the church. It's because the church is supposed to reflect the fact that we are an alternative kingdom. We are mm. an alternative reality. This is the truth. And so we're constantly, we're constantly seeing the kingdoms of the world and the ideology of the world right. clash with the church. Mm-hmm. And, and and we're constantly, you know having to be reminded this is reality like what's reality is reality that the strong win is reality the 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 world's golden rule that he who has the gold makes the rules is that the golden rule or is the golden rule love your neighbor as yourself or do unto others what you would have them do unto you like what's the what's the real golden rule who really wins in the end he who who dies with the most toys wins like is that reality or do do the meek inherit the earth like Mm. what's reality and jesus introduces this different reality and we are this new reality people 
And of course, the people from the kingdoms of the world will look and say, well, that's bizarre. Like, why would you live that way? And even we ourselves are constantly having to struggle with that and say, well, how can I live like this right now while all of this is still going on? Can I really embrace this alternative kingdom, this alternative way of thinking and living and being and seeing and hearing and doing? And Jesus says, yes. And you say, well, what, what if I die? Like, what if, what if this embracing this new reality, what if it kills me? Because it might, and yeah. it has many, many people. And Jesus says, don't fear those who kill the body, you know, because even though you die, yet shall you live. Jesus is going to raise us from the dead so we can't lose. The kingdom of God has come and is coming and will come, and we are right now making our home in its branches. And it should be a reality that we embrace that's making a difference in the here and now. And that's a a reality and a truth that that sometimes I, I don't think that we embrace is that it makes a difference not just in what we hope for. Yeah. Because the, the kingdom is not just about hope. It is about hope, right. for sure. And if there was no hope, we would be miserable people. There would be no point in doing what we're doing if there was no hope. Paul right. says as much in 1 Corinthians 15. But it's also about current, present victory. And it's about living in that victory. It's about mm. proclaiming that good news that in spite of appearances, in spite of what it, it, it looks like, yeah. Jesus is king and his kingdom has come well i think like you know as as we're talking about that i think like i know a practical application of that i've noticed in just you know again a small way but something you know i think in the context something to really appreciate something i know i've appreciated that like in the early days of covid when lockdown started and you know any interaction you had, you know, quickly switched to Zoom or phone or text, you know, and, and no in-person stuff. And one of the things that quickly happened because of that was I had multiple friends that I hadn't spoken to or, or just kept up with in, you know, in a, in a while, you know, yeah. life goes on and, 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 you know, it gets harder sometimes, but because every, you know, because if you wanted to see your friend down the street, you were doing a Zoom call anyway, mm-hmm. it sort of made you, it sort of took away the the weirdness of like reaching out to an old friend that you haven't talked to. And so I got to talk to these, you know, friends and reconnected and, you know, in some ways started meaningful relationships again with people. And that was one of those things because on the one hand we're we're getting this dose of fear every day Mm -hmm. and we're, we're getting conflicting information. We're Mm -hmm. getting, you know, every aspect of what's going on gets turned into an argument and it's like, that can, you know, I think in some ways that just happens all the time with yeah. everything. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, now, now, and, you know, in the fall here and, and, and in 2020 and, and, and I think like that's, it's so easy to be consumed by the world's problems yeah. and then to just like have moments where you can stop and appreciate something relatively small, yeah. certainly in comparison to these, these big problems and yeah. these big, you know, arguments that we're having, it, stopping and appreciating those little things. I think, you know, yeah. I, I think as I as I get older, I notice th- those are the kind of things that keep the darkness at bay. Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 just stopping to appreciate. Like, man, there's a lot of bad things going on right yeah. now. I'm stressed out about this and this and this. You can all that's true, but man, I really needed that. Yeah, man, I, that felt really good, and I was glad I got to you know be a part of that for them. And it's like that. I think you know again on the on the subject of like appreciating the smallness and how that like 
you know, how, how many times could we look back in our, in our own individual lives and look back at something small that started something, you know, started an avalanche yeah. of, of good things and, yeah. and, and improvement. And, and I think as we, as we talk about these parables, focusing on the small, you know, yeah. it's small and yeah. it's going to spread. It's like, I think maybe part of that is just recognizing that in our own lives and yeah. the, and the opportunities we have to participate in that yeah because there's this cynicism that mm-hmm. that we all can be consumed by that says that's not going to work you know right. that's not that's not, what difference is that going to make that yeah. doesn't make any difference you know i love the the story about the the kid and the starfish i'm sure you've probably heard that story you know where the starfish all wash up on the beach and he's walking along and tossing one at a time and there's thousands of them everywhere and he's tossing one at a time back into the ocean and some guy walks up and says you know, what are you doing? There's thousands. You're never going to make a real difference. And he picks up another starfish and he tosses it in the water. And he said, it made a difference to that one. Mm. You know, and it's this idea that that these tiny little things empowered by the Spirit, that it really is making a monumental difference and that mm-hmm. Jesus is changing the world one life at a time, one act of kindness at a time, one act of selflessness at a time. But at the same time, and I, and I think you touched on this, that that you know the the world often offers like an optimism that says well bad things aren't really that bad hmm. and it also offers a pessimism that says well you know things are actually much worse than they seem yeah and i think the gospel offers a a reality a realism that can say no actually things really are really bad the darkness is really dark but it loses and we win. And that's why we can be realistic about the pain and the death and the reality, but at the same time, not be despondent, not be overwhelmed with grief and sorrow to say, you know what? Yes, the, the darkness is really that dark, but guess what? It is no match for the light. It is no match for the reality, not only that will be, but that is, and we can look at the little things, and, and you know, and sometimes we we look at the the big, you know, like you said, the, the darkness, the the evil is so in your face, and it's so big. I often picture, and I love movies like uh, Lord of the Rings, and mm-hmm. you picture like all the orcs coming, you know, and mm-hmm. there's all these monsters that are coming to the walls, and you think, how in the world we can never win? We can never win, and and Jesus says, no. You can never lose. When you're yeah. with me, you can't lose. It really is that bad. You know, and sometimes, you know, I, I especially think about this when I'm, you know, doing a funeral for somebody. And sometimes we try to convince ourselves, well, it's not really that bad, you know, and they're in a better place. And, you know, and, and you know, if, maybe I'm being selfish by grieving, you know, and I want to mm. say, no, death really is bad. Like, it's a bad yeah. thing. Uh, it's an enemy of God but it's not going to win. Right. You know, it's it's going to be destroyed and we live right now not only with the anticipation of death's final destruction, but we live right now in the new reality that we're not even a slave of sin and death even right now because because death someday is going to take me and I I don't want that day and I don't long for that day but it can't keep me and it has no it has no hold on me and so that changes not only what I'm hoping for 
but it changes how I'm living. And that's what I hope that we can we can encourage through all of this. And again, we didn't talk much about the leaven, but you know, he says that the woman hides it. So it's kind of it's kind of subversive. You know, mm. it's this subversive kingdom that's hidden it right there in the midst of it. It's it's like being behind enemy lines. And and here we are. And and that's who the church is. The church the church is the people who have been church is one of those funny words because it's it's singular and mm-hmm. but yet it's talking about a plural reality yeah. so sometimes I, I i don't know which verb to put with it but uh, so the church is the people of god who are under god's rule and reign and we have subversively been hidden mm. in in and amongst the enemy not to kill and destroy but to take them captive, to rather to set them free from their captivity as we've been set free from our captivity. And so it's spreading like leaven in in a lump of dough. It's spreading throughout and it's causing the whole thing to rise disproportionate to its size when it began. And that's what's just so amazing. 11 men, 11 men, you know, because one of them, you know, ended his own life. And and then spread and spread and spread until here we are 2,000 years later, and it's making a difference. Yeah. This way of the kingdom, this new reality, this new way of living is making a difference. And so we have to be very careful that we don't, as you so well pointed out, you know, we don't allow that discouragement and cynicism that the world would have us to take in and and have that be our reality. That's not our reality. Our reality is no matter what happens in 2020, no matter what happens in 2021, no matter what happens in the future, no matter who's in the White House, no matter what, we win. Jesus wins. And not only does Jesus win in the end, but Jesus has already claimed victory. And this new reality has already been planted and has already been hidden in the world. And it's growing and it's making a difference even right now. I really hope you enjoyed this Bible study, and I hope you'll subscribe to hear future episodes of the podcast. A big thank you to Travis Pauly, as well as our McDermott Road Church family for helping to make this podcast possible. And a special thanks to all of you for listening. We love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day.